to believe. One cassette tape is still in my possession, having been recorded upon first in 1970, and a few times more as late as 1974. I own many records, LPs, 45s, a few 78s, and many, many CDs and tapes. But this one cassette means more than the bits of song ideas I put down in the late 80s or the mixes of songs taped off the radio, because it is, as far as I know, the only existing oral document of my immediate family. There are less than a handful of photos of the four of us together, father, mother, sister, brother. I've seen some Super 8 footage transferred to VHS of the big family get-togethers over the years, and in them I can catch a glimpse, now and then, of one or two of us, but never all together, and there's no sound. So this one tape is gold. Side one is 30 minutes of music my dad recorded when he set up the recorder's little plastic microphone in front of the TV speaker as he watched an episode of the Johnny Cash show. No VCRs in 1970, I imagine this was pretty common. The label says that was January 8th, 1970. A toddler squeals in the background now and then, that was me. But side two is devoted to my sister and me for better or worse. It's not entirely charming to listen to. I don't consider myself among the most patient when it comes to kids. And while I will treasure my butchery at age four of Frere Jacques and my sister's surprisingly heartfelt cover of Donny Osmond's Puppy Love, you certainly don't need to hear them. But there are some surprises. My sister knows a number of songs which she must have learned in class at her Catholic school, Who Did Swallow Jonah, Christ Has Died, Alleluia, and a gospel-tinged Johnny Cash number, aha, uh -huh, called I Got Shoes. Her early French schooling is represented, too, with Savez-vous planter des choux? Did I learn any songs in school? I remember hearing the Monster Mash at Halloween and something about Father Abraham. Oh, and there was a musicalized version of the Lord's Prayer we were taught to sing every morning. Strange days in the Catholic schools, I guess. My favorite bit of music on this, though, is the organ you heard at the top. It must have been Christmas 73 when my sister got a brown plastic Magnus organ with the orange hardcover book of public domain songs to learn with it. The book is long gone and I don't recognize the tune she played, but she does a nice job of it, I think. I'm surprised that was all we recorded. 
This all got me to thinking, I'm so pleased to have this rare little bit of sound in my collection. And there are so many people already in my life whose voices I will never hear again. My grandparents and aunts and uncles, a cousin who was my age and died far too young in 1998. I'm reasonably bright. I have, as does anyone with a laptop or a smartphone, the capability to document the people who I treasure today. We are all headed the same way. The question is, why am I not, why are we not all doing this? So often I think I should sit my Aunt Heather down and just get her talking about the family history on my mom's side, or my dad's sister, Eva, to do the same. They wouldn't mind, and years from now. Seriously, why don't we all do this? I'm not just coming at this from a rootsy, genealogical point of view, although that's all great. But it's so easy to record a snippet, at least, of someone who means all that to you. People who lose family photos in fires, they know what that loss is. I have a friend who lost her father years back and was devastated that Bell Canada automatically deleted his last voicemails to her as they had been on her service for 30 days or whatever the limit was at the time. The danger, I guess, is that we become a trigger-happy lot of people attempting to document our lives and preserve our butterflies under glass rather than just being with the ones we love. I think there's a balance. But, you know, maybe there's something to be said for the burnish of memory. It may be a gift that we recall some things and not all things. There are a couple of moments on that tape where I hear in my dad's voice impatience. His two-and-a-half-year-old son wants the microphone but won't sing a song. Can't think of any. And then puts the microphone in his mouth. It's the impatience I feel with kids today, and I think speaks as to why I don't have any of my own. No, really, I've had moments where I think that's why you drink. And I get it. It also stings as it reminds me how impatient I became with him in his last years. And I'm grateful for those moments that are not on tape. This is the only recording I have of my mom's voice. She's been gone nearly 30 years, and I hadn't heard her since the last time I saw her in the hospital in 1983. You know what? It doesn't sound like her. I swear, in my mind, I've been hearing her voice differently all these years. I mean, I guess I'll take what I can get, you know, but... So here are the four of us at the end of the tape, in our little townhouse in Mississauga, a winter Sunday afternoon. We kids are excited for lunch. My sister makes a reference to the Habs right-winger Yvain, the roadrunner Cornoyer, Dad helpfully adds the date, my mom makes a joke, and my dad zings her, gets the last word. Dance! Guess what I'm having for lunch? Even though I'm a girl, I'm having bacon and eggs and little cherry tomatoes. That's really yummy. Plus lemonade. Oh, I love that stuff. Especially like Yvonne Cornwright, just what he eats all the time. Mmm, he's great, you know that? Bye. 
and mine having some cucumbers and bacon and if I want some milk or lemonade and um it's my lunch time. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Today is February 24th, 1974. I haven't got a clue what the heck I'm going to eat. Chocolate-covered meatballs. All right. <laughs> That's what's on your menu for today. First thing I learned to cook. You learned to cook? It's familiar. It walks the usual line between just a joke and a slap in the face. The kids don't seem to notice the exchange, but you could argue it sets up much that will follow in the years ahead, that it's the Rosetta Stone. Hey, maybe you don't want to record your loved ones. Episode 8, Butterflies of Mississauga, written and read by Scott Clarkson, music by Laura Clarkson, and Garner Firebird. Mr. Scott Clarkson will now do something. Scott Clarkson. I don't know what to say.